Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another When We're Poetic Afterthoughts with a quick 10. <laughs> Pardon the heavy breathing. We have a like a silent partner uh-huh. in the room and she's uh, trying to take up all the air. Shush. <laughs> but yes, we're back with another quick 10 for you guys. When We're Poetic Afterthoughts, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Keith. All right, it's your girl Storm. It's Keith, the best hostess with the mostest. And here we go. Question number one. May 21st was Biggie's birthday, if you didn't know. Mm. And what's your favorite Biggie song and why? Hmm. You do know who Biggie is, right? Do I have to um introduce you? Because, you Maybe know, sometimes not. you don't. Okay. All right. Sometimes I don't what? I'm just saying. Just sometimes I got to put you on to you like. <laughs> just saying. You know what I'm saying? I might have to help you out here in this hip hop world of real music. Um. Is it too many? Can't think of it. You want me to go first while you're thinking? There's quite a few. Go ahead. All right. My favorite Biggie. It is some, and I'm not even a real Biggie fan. I'm going to throw that out there. But my favorite is Victory. I love Victory. I think it's one of the hardest songs ever. I love to play it when I am on my way to something I don't want to do. <laughs> um, I eat work. Or uh, some type of meeting. Um, it just kind of gets me in a mood to just grind and do what I need to do. And feel like a big hardcore gangster that's handling business. Um, so, Victory. And um, another, definitely. Uh, another with the, that song he did with Little Kim. What do you do when yeah. your man is signed true? I think mine is, um, you got another one? That's it. Those two. I want, I think the one that probably grabs my <laughs> grabs me the most, uh-huh. like off the bat, it's because it's, it's the way he, he the verse when he when he was rapping was probably um you know, nobody tell nobody there's nobody until somebody kills you. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's the part when he was like, my niggas get dirty like cleats. Roll up in your crib, wrap you in your polo sheets. That was like in your wig you. piece. <laughs> it was like I'm not talking about the graphicsness of it, but it I could see like it was a great story. Something telling. happened. Gotcha. gotcha. I don't remember that joint. Okay, like that joint. that's what's up. All right, happy birthday, Biggie. Um, number two of our quick ten. So, I sent you this article. Two weeks ago, a Charlottesville, Virginia mother um, with a biracial son. She's a single white woman. And the father of the son is a black man. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, This made trending news. She's suing her son's school for its critical race theory curriculum, which she says changed his perspective on race. She said her son has developed, and I quote, got the little fingers up, 
racial issues he didn't have before. And this is to include accusing her and others of being racist, seeing himself as just a black man, um, finding safety in numbers. That's, I'm put that in quotes too, that's like autumn. <laughs> that's what mm. she said, etc. So my question is, do you think she has a case and why? She's suing the school because of what he learned about his own race. Am I getting this right? And other races. If that's what critical race theory means to you, because I've been hearing different things from different people, well, then I yes, that is what she's suing them for. The, I don't have no idea whether or not she has a case or not. But I think that it's I think it speaks more to uh, her son becoming a mirror, which is what she doesn't want. Mm. Okay. Okay. So she don't want her son to be with a reflection or of what um, and the not just a reflection, but also the um, the sum of what he's learning. She ain't ready for that. Clearly. <laughs> she ain't ready. Um, she wants to avoid it. She wants him to be ignorant. She wishes him to remain silent. She sure does. She wishes him to remain um, ambiguous. And um, not human. I was particularly interested in her words of him finding safety in numbers. As in he's like looking for other black people to connect to. Yeah, there's something wrong with that. Though. And how that alarms her. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think she has a case because critical race theory is just basically you fighting the school telling your child the truth about history. So um, I think she's going to lose. And no, she doesn't have a case. And those are the reasons why. Um, it's the truth. So if he, uh, you know, her mean? saying that yeah, he's accusing that her, well, if she's saying that race, this is not a racial issue. If You're he's accusing it's, it's her of, it is the truth, but if she's. But that's the whole reason why white folks don't want to know the truth. Yeah, but it's still not a case. You can't sue for somebody for telling the truth. You can sue for defamation. These, you can these sue laws for are white people's laws. This is true. These are interpretations of whatever they think. This is true because she's not the only parent. She joined other parents with this lawsuit against the school. So, you're right. You're absolutely right. We'll um, see. Yeah, we shall see. But uh, yeah, no case. <laughs> um, number three, summer solstice is on June twenty first. This is the longest day of the year due to the Northern Hemisphere receiving more sunlight on this day than any other day. What are your plans for this summer and what will you do with this extra time, my good man? Settle. Settle? <laughs> Settle what? <laughs> that is one word. Continue to settle. Continue to settle. Is this an incomplete? Is this a complete sentence? Our endeavors. Okay. Okay. For the audience. <laughs> that means getting, um, preparing 
to be comfortable. Okay. It reminded me of a story. The ant and the grasshopper. Um, the ant. So right now you're being the ant. The ant worked hard all summer to chill when the winter came. And then like the grasshopper was like, yo, help me out. But yeah, so Keith is being an ant right now. Um, if y'all know anything. I can chill later. <laughs> He's being an ant and working hard all summer so that he can get to relax later. Uh, my plans for the summer include um, connecting with family, having a great time with the babies. Um, I think that's the biggest one. Quite honestly, I think yeah. my focus for the summer is just going to be having fun, making great memories and connections um, with my family, old and new. So, there's that. Number four. Will, we called it. On a prior episode about Juneteenth, we called it. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I didn't even ask the question. Oh, Jesus. So, we talked about the commercialization of Juneteenth. And Walmart has released a Juneteenth ice cream flavor to celebrate black folks. It's red velvet and cheesecake, if you're curious. Um, Supposed to be like pan-African colors. If you're wondering why they went with that flavor. And uh, people went crazy. Black Twitter went crazy. Walmart has since released an official apology. Um, They will be removing this product from their stores. But there was a mix of opinions I've seen across black social media. You know, I don't pay pay attention to what white folks say. But black Twitter, when I say black Twitter, I mean like all black social media. But there seems to be like a mix of uh, opinions from this whole situation. So some people feel like... This is what happens when a holiday becomes federal. It comes with commercialization. And it's a part of success. A part of being a big holiday. Whatever. Um, Some people... I heard... I heard... I read a lot of people saying when they wanted to taste it. They thought it was lit. I don't think it's And so do you think... You know I laugh at everything. So that's my... I'm not talking personally. Okay, I'm like, I laugh at everything, but I understand what you're saying. So do you think they were wrong, right? What are your thoughts on that, and why? That was a Juneteenth ice cream flavor. My thoughts are that um, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm not surprised at anything. I called this last year when we did the episode. You definitely did. And um, my feelings on, again, to, to be brief about it being a federal holiday is strategic. It's intentional. And it is in, in the best interest of black people. Um, did you want it to be a federal holiday? No. Okay. 
because I saw that argument. Who gives a damn what federal what what the federal exactly exactly? It's been our holiday. I saw an argument that people were fighting for this to be a federal holiday, and now they're complaining about the commercialization. I mean, apparently some people were to get it pushed uh, through legislation so that it could be a federal holiday. I'm not asking you; just you're answering my question. I'm being gotcha rhetorical. Gotcha. But my point is, we don't. We shouldn't need. A government agency, a federal government, to tell us what a holiday is when it's been celebrated as a holiday by black people anyway. I know, I know. What are you talking about? I'm. I was just trying. I'm not to... talking to you. I'm, I'm answering the question. It's just I'm ridiculous just... to me. So anyway, it was for. It was foreseen. It. It ain't the last thing. That's, it's just. This is just testing the waters. People are saying that this was um, this something is... that's endearing. Um, can you see that perspective no. at all? No. Okay. Okay. I can make my own red velvet cake. <laughs> I thought, I definitely thought it was a bit of a mockery. Um, and I was really just trying to imagine myself somewhere and somebody would be like, hey, you want some Juneteenth ice cream? Like, it just sounds weird. The Real idea that weird. you, that, that black people are now going to be more focused on buying a product that represents a holiday that black people created rather than focusing on what the holiday means, what it means to black people, what it, what the, the origins of it is. Mm-hmm. All of that is going to be lost in the commercialization of a holiday that didn't need to be a federal holiday in the first place. It sure did not. It sure did not in... Even last year, like we had a very somber afterthought about this topic. Um, I implore everyone to hear that to go listen to that joint. I know we were so sad. I, I, every every and here we are. Every every <laughs> Juneteenth celebration, I felt it in my bones last year. I'm not even looking forward to no Juneteenth ever, and I'm not this year. I know I ain't gonna be looking to, looking forward to it next year. Never. All right, cool. We are gonna go to the next question. <laughs> So, in the spirit of um, white folks always trying to profit from my pain, I just want to ask you to name a revered ancestor you'd like to honor um, and hold true to the real meaning of Juneteenth. Marcus Garvey. Okay. Okay. And that's us keeping it about us and not on commercialization. That's not the only way to celebrate it. Um, I'm just gonna bring up my grandparents. Mm. Uh, my grandparents were hard workers. Um, my grandmothers, I hold to heart, true and dear. Love my grandfather, but my grandmothers, um, just I'm a black woman, so just black women in that time and age, I hold a special special reverence for. So I will uh, definitely uh, mention them and honor them during the spirit of these times. So, moving on. Number six. June 14th, there will be a strawberry moon. A strawberry moon is the first full moon of the summer. Mm. Hey. um, This moon is also going to be a super moon, which is like any full moon that is at a distance of at least 90% um, of the, like, peregrine, like, from where you can see it on Earth. Mm. Um, And so, the full moon is a great time for letting go and releasing a lot of times people do full moon rituals 
letting go and releasing and, and any type of um, full moon rituals can include journaling, tying up loose ends, finishing tasks, cleaning, dancing, um, just giving thanks, gratitude journals, things like that. What is your favorite cleansing ritual? I've never done anything for a full moon. I know. That's why I said cleansing ritual. So in terms of releasing mm. and letting go, um, because that's all it is for a full moon ritual. Well, I do. Uh, I definitely do a lot of meditation. Um, incense, sage. Okay. Um, reflection. Positive reinforcement. For myself and for others. Okay. And prayer, of course. Amen. So yes, Keith does not do full moon rituals. <laughs> um, but we all have our different types of cleansing rituals and since this is gonna be a strawberry moon and a super moon, if anybody's interested, um, just wanted to give options for people. Um, my favorite is um I like baths, um, ritual baths, it's just kind of candles, relaxing. I love, I mean, I journal all the time, so that's nothing new. I guess I'm constantly releasing. Mm. <laughs> um, cleaning, I have specifically done as a new moon ritual. Dancing, definitely. I have danced till sweat came out of me. It's definitely a release of energy. Um, so those are my favorite. Mm. Moving on. And of course, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> My favorite uh, cleansing ritual involves um, Keith, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, Number seven. (laughs) June is also a time when most schools are letting out for the summer. And I want to know, what was your favorite class subject when you were attending school? And why? Really? Why? I could draw. Oh, yeah. You could draw in real life. You owe me a painting. I did a painting for you. Uh, I want another or one. Or drawing. I want another one. A big one to hang on a wall. Mm. Yeah. Keith draws very well. That's a really dope gift. Yeah. Um, mine was English. Duh. No. <laughs> That's not surprising. Because I'm a whole poet. So, um, and essayist and a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, so those, that was my favorite. I just love writing. That was an easy A for me. And I love everything about writing, grandma, like all of it. So, mm. such a nerd. Loved it. Number eight of our quick 10. What was your favorite summer activity or vacation as a child? What you got? You was in the country. Summer so. activity, but probably, even though we didn't do it as often. Just going to the pool. Okay. Vacation. I think it was when me and Aaron went to Philadelphia. Daddy mm. took us up to Philadelphia. It was hot. Man, it was hot that year. Um, what was so dope was, about Philly? Um, we kind of just hung out with him. Oh. We went to we went to uh, you know like um the the fountains and like in the parks. Mm-hmm. 
He was all up in that joint. I love those as a child. I was like, you gonna let us get in? You gonna let us get in? That, that was joint? our pool. <laughs> he just stood by there. It was like, go ahead. Nice. That was probably my best. Okay. Most memorable. Nice. Okay. My favorite summer uh, activity is gonna be on some real nerd ish. Um, I was happy when I was out of school that I could be able to read countless books on end without interruption. <laughs> okay. It would be like a reading marathon. Yawn. That is, you know what? Leave, leave me alone. I loved it. I go to the library. I would mm. stack up on my books. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you a hater. <sighs> I loved to, it's, it was a straight read. If I could get through, I used to read like three, four books a day. Like mm-hmm. I would just get through I'm falling asleep all of these here. books. You are a hater. And my favorite vacation as a child will always be. <laughs> it was not it was not a reading camp. <laughs> it was a uh, vacationing in Haiti. Um did I you do will read? always I did not read in Haiti. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I love vacationing in Haiti. I love my family. I love everything about it. I think that's my first experience with uh getting to understand that I wasn't really a city girl. I love just the community aspect of being in on a Caribbean island. I love the people. Um just it felt like a real black mecca for real. That felt like it felt like Wakanda our trips to Haiti. Mm. Um now that I think about it. So yeah, that was definitely my favorite vacation. Big up my mom for that and big up public school libraries for for the unlimited amount of books that I could Yawn. get. Hateration up in this capital Y. <laughs> Next question number nine out of our quick ten. All right. Father's Day is on the nineteenth. Uh can you share a beloved fatherhood memory? This can include any father like memory with anyone and experience with your own father you in any capacity of fatherhood unclehood godfatherhood whatever shoot hmm what do you think you want me to go first fatherhood um yeah fatherhood memory oh okay you want to go first or you need more time to think I'm going to go with um because my father was in the Navy, and he was a, uh, well, they, the correct term at the time was a mess specialist, so he, he was a cook. Okay. But at our older house, I remember, he was a very good cook. And when we were kids, he would, sometimes he would make breakfast, like, outside on this big griddle. Because Ooh. in the house, of course, we didn't have AC, it was an old house. What's your breakfast looking you know, like? Cook, at, cook outside, you know, stuff, whatever we grew. We had potatoes, sausage, eggs, toast, everything. Okay. And he would cook on the grill. I thought it was, I was like, how you do that? As, you know, I was like five. So. <laughs> thought it was magic. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of them. Okay, nice. Nice. Mm, one of my beloved fatherhood memories is going to be um, my godfather. My godfather is a photographer, and it's a big reason why I think I love pictures so much. Um, and I'm 
low-key photographer myself mm. but uh he and he was very very present in my life for any like big occasion he had to come out of course he's doing the photography but um whenever he come out we would have like our low-key moments of mcdonald's oh. it's just terrible my whole vegan now y'all <laughs> but we would have like these little moments where it'd just be me and him and we would go to mcdonald's and i would always get the quarter pounder with cheese I would always, I was back in the supersize me days. Mm-hmm. I would always supersize to get the biggest fries I can get. And I would never get a drink. I would always get a chocolate shake. Damn, that was a lot of calories. <laughs> but that was, and then I would feed. Um, I never, I like to feed people. Like, I literally like to feed people. Um, So I would always, like, put french fries in his mouth. Like, while I'm eating, I would mm-hmm. feed him some of my french fries. And we would just talk about nothing. But you know what? But it meant so much. You know what? What? Technically, a chocolate shake is a drink. I mean, I wouldn't get a soft drink. Sheesh. Just you just you just wanted to like be a hater in my story. How is that a hater? Just you just just listen and enjoy the out. story. Just that's how you help by listening and enjoying the story. It's just constructive. Technically, a shake is a dessert. But what it's you, not a drink. What do you do with it? Because though? They upcharge you, you, but they upcharge you. you It's not a regular drink. They upcharge you. Do they not upcharge you? You're avoiding the Are they gonna? Are they gonna? Are you gonna pay the same thing? No, you don't want to ask. Are you gonna pay the same thing? You're not gonna pay the same thing. So, any who's that is is my beloved. (laughs) She. This is what she does. What what does she does? Mm -hmm. What do she does? I just told you. (laughs) (laughs) Any who's. That is definitely um, one of those moments that you don't know in life is going to be like, you know, you ever have those moments that you don't think it's going to be such a big deal, but, those but you become, you yeah, it's what I remember. And, and it holds such a like warm spot for me, yeah. which is crazy because I can't stand McDonald's now, but that was just definitely a treasured memory of mine. Um, number 10, number 10 in our quick 10. Thanks for hanging in there, folks. Um, what is one of the most meaningful, in the spirit of Father's Day this month, what is one of the most meaningful lessons you've learned from your father or a father figure in your life? What do you think? Lessons? One of the most One meaningful. of the most. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um... So, a lot. You're a great guy, so I can imagine that it was a lot. Um, I guess it's twofold. I mean, one is, um, being an example, a good example, doesn't need a whole lot of talking. Mm. Amen. I like that one. And, um, what's up? The other part is, um, humility, I guess. Okay. Without knowing what that meant as a child. 
He set the example. Nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, and I can attest to that. I think you showed an example of learning those lessons. It's yeah. pretty dope. Um, for myself, uh, my father passed away when I was very, very young. So, um, one of the most meaningful lessons I will say I learned from my dad is, um, being a fierce protector of family. Because hmm. in any story, or well, most of the stories that I hear about him is him being a fierce protector of my sister and I, my mom, us, like our family unit. So um, I think I somehow just absorbed that <laughs> and I'm the same way. I'm definitely a fierce protector of my family unit. Um, like, it's not just family first. I always say, even with my babies now, like, it's a gang. It's blood in and blood out. Like, mm. you're in. <laughs> and and we're doing this. And, you know, we're going to work this out. And we are just, just always trying to upwards advancement that's inclusive of family. Right. So... I think that's definitely one of the biggest lessons that I learned from my dad. And I'm so very grateful for that. Um, I was reading somewhere that um, if all you ever do in life is be a good parent, you've done an amazing thing because there's so many people in the world that are hurting because of a not so good parent. And I hold that dear to heart. Like, yeah. I, I, it made me, you know, that lesson made me a standout parent and, um, I could fl- that's my flex like you know keep what the kids say you flexing <laughs> that's me flexing you know say imagine somebody showing you their muscles like that's me flexing I'm a dope uh human being and even more of a dope parent cause I will kill you for mine and that's kind of it so that's it um, that quick 10 how you feel about that I feel good I feel good too thank you guys for uh listening in um, I really do like this new content of ours. I think it's, uh, I don't know. Refresh. It's refreshing. Mm. It's, it's different. Yeah, it's different and it's cool. I like I it. Like uh, it. Y'all let us know how y'all feel about us. We're still on Facebook. We're still on Instagram. Um, we're also still busy. So if we don't get back to you right away, you know, you know what? um, closing, mm-hmm. now that we have a body of work that can be referenced, Right. I would like for everyone to um You still assigning work. Look at search for our Juneteenth episode from last year. Don't listen listen to it from the beginning to the end. And then the uh afterthought. Yeah. That it's was very, a dope uh, episode. It's very poignant and I think it's a very good perspective on truth yeah the timing is kind of perfect it definitely is so i like that great idea babe let's do that all right so this is when we're poetic afterthoughts a quick 10 we're just gonna say goodbye to you guys sending love and light your way thanks